Welcome to Day 57 of Shaped by the Word. I'm Paul Kemp here with Cindy Kemp and Katie Kresge and Matt Kresge as we continue our journey through uh, the book of Genesis. We left you with a cliffhanger on Friday as Joseph's brothers come back to Egypt. And uh, once again, they're bowing before them. And Judah has taken a big step forward in leadership. He's otherwise, to this point in the narrative, been uh, a questionable character, but here he knows what is at stake for his father, and he steps up and he pleads with Joseph uh, not to take Benjamin, but to take him uh, instead. Uh, and so we come to chapter 45, and this is a place where Joseph can bear it no longer, mm-hmm. and he finally reveals himself to his his brothers. Uh, so before we uh, read chapter 45 together today, and Katie has already come to the table saying she has some really awesome insights today. <laughs> uh, Matt has already shared a couple of things, so I hope you're really anticipating. So any awesome insights yeah. she gives, she took from me. Oh. Wow, we're going to have a family fight in spite of the <laughs> fact. We're going to quarrel along the in way. In spite of the fact that this chapter ends <laughs> with an injunction against quarreling. Mm-hmm. So before we start the quarrel right now, let me offer a offer a prayer. <laughs> Heavenly Father, we do thank you for the gift of Scripture, and we thank you for the humanity uh, that we see revealed in Scripture, but we thank you for the deep grace uh, that we see guiding humanity toward your your divine appointed ends. And uh, we recognize in our own life, along with Joseph, many places where circumstances uh, seem so out of place to us, but yet we're part of your plan and your purpose, uh, and that you guide our steps. So we thank you, Father, for and encountering your word in Genesis. May you enable us to see you, to know you, and to be formed by you as we read. Uh, give us hearts to hear. Give us uh, eyes to see. And, and Father, give us hands to respond to you uh, in obedience and devotion. It's in your holy name we pray. Amen. Mm-hmm. Uh, Genesis 45. And then Joseph could no longer control himself before all of his attendants, and he cried out, Have everyone leave my presence. So there was no one with Joseph when he made himself known to his brothers. And he wept so loudly that the Egyptians heard him, and Pharaoh's household heard about it. Joseph said to his brothers, I am Joseph. Is my father still living? But his brothers were not able to answer him because they were terrified at his presence. Then Joseph said to his brothers, Come close to me. When they had done so, he said, I am your brother Joseph, the one you sold into Egypt. Now do not be distressed and not be angry with yourselves for selling me there because it was to save lives that God sent me ahead of you. For two years now there has been a famine in the land and for the next five years there will be no plowing and reaping. But God sent me ahead of you to preserve for you a remnant on earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. So then it was not you who sent me here but God. He made me father to Pharaoh and lord of his entire household and ruler of all Egypt. Now hurry back to my father and say to them, This is what your son Joseph says. God has made me lord of all Egypt. Come down to me, don't delay. You shall live in the region of Goshen and be near me, you, your children, and grandchildren, your flocks and herds, and all that you have. I'll provide for you there, because five years of famine are still to come. Otherwise, you and your household and all who belong to you will become destitute. You can see for yourselves, and so can my brother Benjamin, that it really is I who is speaking to you. Tell my father about all the honor accorded to me in Egypt and about everything you have seen, and we bring my father down here quickly. Then he threw his arms around his brother Benjamin and wept, and Benjamin embraced him, weeping. And he kissed all of his brothers and wept over them. Afterward, his brothers talked with him. When the news reached Pharaoh's palace that Joseph's brothers had come, Pharaoh and all his officials were pleased. 
Pharaoh said to Joseph, Tell your brothers, do this. Load your animals and return to the land of Canaan and bring your father and your families back to me. I will give you the best of the land of Egypt and you can enjoy the fat of the land. You are also to direct, uh, directed to tell them, do this. Take some, cart, some carts from Egypt for your children and your wives and get your father and come. Never mind about your belongings because the best of all of Egypt will be yours. So the sons of Israel did this. Joseph gave them carts as Pharaoh had commanded, and he also gave them provisions for their journey. To each of them he gave new clothes, but to Benjamin he gave 300 shekels of silver and five sets of clothes. And this is what he sent to his father, 10 donkeys loaded with the best things of Egypt, 10 female donkeys loaded with grain and bread and other provisions for his journey. Then he sent his brothers away, and as they were leaving, he said to them, Matt and Katie, do not quarrel on the way. So they went up out of Egypt and came to their father's uh, Jacob in the land of Canaan. They told him, Joseph is still alive. In fact, he is ruler of all Egypt. Jacob was stunned. He did not believe them. But when they told him everything Joseph had said to them, and when he saw the carts Joseph had sent to carry him back, the spirit of their father Jacob revived. And Israel said, I am convinced my son Joseph is still alive. I will go and see him before I die. A remarkable uh, moment. Uh, Joseph has had an incredibly tough journey. There's been a lot of time for him uh, to develop uh, bitterness. Even when he names his you know, two children, he names them names that speak of his sorrow and speak of you know God blessing him in a, in a foreign land. And when he finally does meet his brothers, he has nothing but compassion for them, uh, which is a beautiful picture that we see in many ways when you're foreshadowing you know Christ and all that we have. Uh, all that we have done to offended him, yet he receives us as, you know, not just brothers and sisters, but as, as, as children as, as well. So this is a, a nice turn in the, in the story of Jacob's dysfunctional family. And uh, finally, you start to see some family affection taking place. Yeah, I, that's definitely something that stood out to me is just, um, that, that's never stood out to me before in reading this, is just how how much it foreshadows um, what we receive in Christ and, and from Christ. Um, but really, it's verse 3 that stood out to me and then some verses following, but that they were, his brothers weren't able to answer him because they were terrified at his presence. And of course, they're terrified because of what they have done to him. Um, and it just reminded me of really how we would rightfully react being in the presence of Jesus, because we, it is what we've done that put him on the cross. Um, and yet there's so much grace and, jo- and Joseph points to the sovereignty of God in this moment. Um, and just as we put Jesus on the cross and, and our sin put him on the cross, really God is the, God is the one who it was his plan all along. And he Absolutely. used all that for his glory and his good. No, and, 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 and of course the word terror is, is a word, you know, that, uh, that does come, you know, with religious, you know, fervor, you know, the fear of the Lord. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, and there is, you know, two ways we, we fear the Lord one uh, rightfully because of our sin uh, and the other rightfully because of his majesty and his power and his honor. And of course, uh, perfect uh, love uh, takes away all, all of that former fear, yeah. mm-hmm. because that fear has to do with punishment. 
but uh, that's not a certainty that uh, Joseph's brothers have here. Mm-hmm. In other words, Joseph's brothers are responding to Joseph the way that they think, you know, Joseph was probably going to respond, you know, to them. They had sold him into slavery. They had uh, thrown him in a pit. They had treated him harshly. And now the tables are turned and he's in a power position. And they rightly think he's been thinking sure. about this for the last, uh, you know, 17 years mm-hmm. or 13 years. Uh, and uh, he's not vengeful. Now, it, it now really is this moment. Reminds me of the generation before them, and the, I mean, we see this brotherly. Um, I don't know. I want to say quarreling just because we talked about quarreling, but um, this rivalry that Cain and Abel displayed, and of course, sin overcame, um, and there wasn't any grace in in that situation. Um, but then you see a generation before this, and Esau shows such grace to Jacob, um, and then you see another brother showing such unbelievable right. grace to his brothers too. That's really absolutely, and uh, very seldom do we recognize that Esau actually is a vehicle of grace in the story. Mm-hmm. And kind of attached to what Katie was commenting on later in verse five, six, and then even in seven, when he is telling his brothers not to be distressed. Or to be angry at themselves, but he says uh, it was to save lives that God sent me ahead of you. And mm-hmm. then he goes on to say that um, these lives would be saved by a great deliverance. And I just kind of, you know, of course, that's what you know God did for us when He sent yeah. His Son, mm-hmm. was so that we would not be in fear or terror or distressed or angry at what we had done, but that God had done a great deliverance by sending Christ. So yeah. I love that. Uh, the only response, uh, you know, to the grace we've received is one of, of gratitude and thanksgiving and devotion. Yeah. yeah. Uh, loving the one who has you know, loved us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love chapter forty-five. I was saying earlier that it doesn't get enough airtime. You know, we immediately jump <laughs> to true, chapter yeah. fifty and just and point out that you know what you meant for evil, God meant for good. But mm-hmm. I mean, here it is a threefold repetition where Joseph tells his brothers, you know, it was God who sent me here ahead of you, yeah. and, and not just sent me to a place of prominence and position but sent me here to save a remnant, you know, to, to, to save, bring about to save good, many to, lives to save. And, and really, you know, mm-hmm. since we've been tracking with this to save many lives in that remnant, that's wrapped up with the promise, mm-hmm. you know? And, and so by, you know, God sending Joseph, Joseph ahead through all these trials and circumstances and, and mm-hmm. unjust situations, you know, that Joseph finds him in, God is preserving the seed, you know, and, Absolutely. and Paul will point back to, you know, these stories and say it was Absolutely. the seed. And, and of course, we've introduced a theme, you know, by the use of the word remnant here, you know, in yeah. the NIV translation, we've uh, yeah. introduced a theme that'll be, you know, predominant, you know, throughout the rest of the story that mm-hmm. uh, by and large, there are many people in Israel that will be faithful. God always preserves for himself a, a faithful few. And of course, we'll find out the faithful few here are seventy people. You know, mm-hmm. Jacob's you know sons and grandsons, uh, and, uh, and daughters, and, and all their you know all their all their wives. Uh, but this is the idea of God preserving a, a faithful few. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Another thing that stood out to me is um, what well it's verse twenty when Joseph says, "Never mind about your belongings, because the best of all Egypt will be yours." Um, the, the the grace of this brother is offering everything that he has to yeah. his family, who his family would be destitute, he says, if if they didn't come to Egypt. And so that once again just pointed me to like um something we've been studying in women's development is because we have been adopted, everything that is 
our fathers, it is the king's, it is is ours. Mm-hmm. Um, not because of what we've done um, to earn it, but because it has everything to do with what he's done for us um, to bring us into his yeah. family. So. And that's actually, you know, Pharaoh's you know, gracious response. Uh, you know, the very fact that Pharaoh and his officials are are pleased when they hear, you know, of Joseph's family, you know, coming in spite of, you know, what we have already seen, uh, you know, that they, uh, Egyptians refused to eat with Hebrews, right. and we'll later learn that they actually detest them, uh, you know, deeply. Uh, they're honored, you know, that uh, Joseph's family has come, and that is another representation of, of how well uh, Joseph has esteemed himself, mm-hmm. you know, in the land of Pharaoh, and so you see that Abrahamic promise where, uh, nations are being blessed through uh, the seed of Abraham and how rich that blessing is. And they are in turn mm-hmm. uh, blessing the family. Mm-hmm. And that would be kind of a fun vacation. Don't bring anything. We got you covered. Whatever you want. You just yeah. you just go. Yeah. Go get it. Yeah, yeah that's the yeah. worst yeah. part of going on a trip, yeah. just all the packing. And yeah. in verse 22, <laughs> I, I love the idea. Just leave your house and all your stuff. We'll give you a new house and new stuff. And Sounds great. Yeah. yeah. And donkeys. Um, and verse 22. Um, there are a lot of donkeys involved know, in this passage. I know. Yeah. Those are important. Verse 22. To each of them he gave new clothing. And so this idea of new clothing kind of reminds me of the father with the prodigal son as he comes in and his new clothing. But then also the new clothing that we receive when we can put on Christ's righteousness. Just that idea of putting it on. So there's... Mm-hmm. Clothing running through this too. The, there, there's no doubt that, you know... But, but, um, I, I guess, you know, we get a little bit excited when we get new clothes, but we get new clothes a lot. Uh, but this would be something far more rare. And it would probably have been an elevation in status yeah. for them. The clothes right. that he was mm-hmm. giving him would be clothes uh, reflecting his royal position mm-hmm. uh, in the land of Egypt. And ironically, they hated him mm-hmm. because of <laughs> the clothes that he had yeah. earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so you see him giving them the kind of clothes that he had once received from mm-hmm. his father That's good as well. I, I love the dynamic of, you know, this reconciliation of brothers where, I mean, you almost... Mm-hmm. Are you and your brother okay? We're, we're good. Me good. Brother, okay. right? you know, but you have this dynamic where Joseph really could have been ashamed of his brothers. He How about your refused. sisters? Are you okay with your sisters? I'm great with my sisters too. You know, but he could have refused their yeah. presence. He could have pushed them away. I mean, he even said, I mean, I love he permissions them in a sense right do not be angry with yourselves mm-hmm. you know but i mean fast forward to even just you know what we see in jesus where it says you know he's not ashamed to call us brothers mm-hmm. and you're seeing this kind of moment played out because we've watched this from yeah. humiliation to exaltation with joseph mm-hmm. and we see the same with jesus from humiliation to exaltation yeah. and the very one you know who rules and reigns over all things is not ashamed to call us brothers but instead invites us into that you know exaltation and closes right. and so just kind of and, a, a and, fun and, little and obviously uh, you know closing the metaphor uh, that we are encouraged to put on a new set of clothes yes. to clothe ourselves with Christ Jesus yes. and and of course that is the you know the picture you know that you know, Cindy was referring to is that yeah. the status and honor you mm-hmm. know from the prodigal son uh, to Joseph himself, to Joseph's brothers. Mm-hmm. And you'll even see it, you know, during the exile, you know, the high priest, uh, you know, is offered a, a nude robe mm-hmm. uh, in order to signify the, you know, starting position of, you know, Joshua uh, as the high priest, you know, mm-hmm. during that time. So there are a lot of images here that, uh, you know, are rich biblical images that uh, we'll kind of play with, you know, for the rest of our journey through mm-hmm. uh, the drama of Scripture. 
Katie, why don't you close us with a word of prayer? Father, thank you for this time in your word together. Thank you that any insights that we gain um, from your word are not of ourselves, but that um, that they are from you and that you are guiding us as we read, um, that you are revealing your heart to us. Um, so thank you. Thank you for the grace that we see displayed here in Joseph. And um, thank you even more for the grace that we've received in Christ, um, that we have been clothed in righteousness, not because of what we've done, but because mm-hmm. of everything that you've done on our behalf. Um, through his life and death and resurrection. Mm-hmm. Um, God, we celebrate that today. And would we celebrate that every day and, and not lose the joy of our salvation? Um, thank you for your people that we, get to, um, that we get to wrestle with Scripture and engage in it together um, and just hear insights from one another, Lord. It's a gift. Mm-hmm. So, God, would you go with us the rest of today and would you be glorified as we um, live our lives with you and and for you and for your glory. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.